Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culleton, and today we talk about a film that has some transitions, some things that look like transitions, uh, and at one point, you know, Hedwig directly d- transitions into Do- Tommy Gnosis, so I'll say that's the most direct transition I think I find. We're, of course, talking about Hedwig and the Angry Inch, an adaptation of the Broadway musical John Cameron Mitchell, Mitchell stars and directs. He also wrote the music with Steve- Stephen Trask and also uh, maybe stole the life story of like Jane County in a very Tommy-like way. There's confusion on our guest's face. I'm really excited to broach this subject later. Um, There's a lot of evidence and a lot of parallels. Let's just say that for now. Well, let's get into it with said guest. I met him at the New Trans Mask Mixer. It's so fun, good vibes, good times. He was selected this year for the Warner Brothers Discovery Access Program in partnership with uh, the Trans Film Center from across the pond, so he knows how to pronounce my Bert name, Shivern. It's Felix Mack. Welcome, Felix. Hello, thanks for having me. (laughs) <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Welcome to uh, my my pod rocket um, and, and space in general. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I know that we talked at that mixer uh, about the pod. I think maybe that was the first time we met. And I said, you know, I was looking for, for guests. And I said, you know, like what movie? Uh, and this was this was one of the first ones, maybe the first one that you said, but I have to tell the listeners, nobody else has wanted to do this movie and I'm very surprised. Yeah, I think that's what you said. You were like, I'm always looking for someone to do Hedwig. And I was like, why does no one want to do Hedwig? Like it's literally, <laughs> it's, it's top three films for me probably. Like I just started a new job and the icebreaker question when I met all the other staff was like, what's your favorite movie? And so I was like, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, <laughs> obviously. Mm. And like, it was like a sea of straight blank faces and then two gay people being like, he's one of us. <laughs> Cis straight <laughs> blank faces. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that even with some of the Jane County stuff, like John Cameron Mitchell has never not been iconic from this. This is, to me, um, there's like a real through line in my transition with Hedwig possibly the timing um back in 2000 March 2007 when I realized it's the boy so we'll get into talking about our relationship with this movie in our nostalgia scan our scanner of course goes from zero to 100 and is powered by the real tea but I've dropped in some of Luther's gummies for a little extra zing it's time to ask ourselves how much nostalgia do we really have for Hedwig and the angry inch felix would you like me to show you how the scanner works yes please you are saying yes yes <laughs> yes please you're letting me yes, yes. on my pod <laughs> so scanning. Yeah, this, is, this is high for me as i said march 2007 um this is 
this is right after I graduated from NIFA and in uh, New York and uh, my home state of Massachusetts is not too far from there. So I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to like take a little step back with myself. I'm feeling a lot of this stuff because I just emoted a hell of a lot during film school. What are all these emotions and why do I keep wanting to make movies about gay people? So I went <laughs> and I and I had identified as queer in high school, but it was it was more than that. I was it, it was confusing because I identified as queer, but I liked men. So that's the point that I was at with being like, what do I do with these um, you know mismatching things? And so I was in Northampton, Massachusetts, which is the town that Smith College is in. And if you know about Smith College as a trans person, you'll know that it's, I think, the first uh, place that allowed people to transition and stay at the college. It took them a minute to allow trans women at that college. Um, that is of note. But trans men, they allowed to come in as uh, identifying one way and leave as identifying as trans men. So that was iconic and it really just fostered this huge gay community. So I was living there uh, flipping burgers and I met you know, a, a woman named Liz who had a trans identity just because she looked like a cis man. There's just no no um, escaping it in her life that she looks so so much like a cis man. So it it colored everything for her. And she showed me that film um, and we watched it with a man that was a cis man who was 55 years old, white guy. And I just remember at the end of the movie when like, you know, you see you see the big transition happening for Yitzhak and he just went, who's transition? You go, what? <laughs> he was so <laughs> confused because, you know, it's not totally, it's not a trans narrative of coming out of medical transition, ABC, but mm-hmm. to the point of this movie, that is not how transitions happen anyway. So my nostalgia is reading at 85 because this is like ensconced in my own transition, memories, everything like that. Um, And I've listened to the soundtrack. I would would be honest in saying I listened to four songs off the soundtrack a lot. And the other ones, I'm like, okay, (laughs) I... I the the ripoff songs all that stuff I'm like whatever whatever um but you know honestly like those songs are in my heart and I think Origin of Love is truly the the greatest song that's really written about transition and it's epic you know Mm -hmm. so I love it 85 for me what about you Felix? I love it too I remember exactly where I was when I first saw it I was I must have been about 16 and I was with one of my first girlfriends and it was like we were in this she lived in this like small town in Scotland and her parents didn't know that we were together and we were it came up like she had cable you know she had she had money so she had cable (laughs) it was it was on late on some one of the like more than the regular four channels that we had at the time in Scotland. Um, and oh it was, I know. <laughs> I think we were on like, it was like the scene, it was a little bit started already. And it was the scene when they're singing in the in one of the cafes together oh, when Tom yeah. was still there. It wasn't too far through. And I just remember being like, 
what the fuck is this? Like I, it blew my mind. I had been one of the only kind of like queer people. I came out really early. I was like 11 or 12. And I was like one of the gay people in school, you know, mm-hmm. and at section 28, which was a law, which meant that we, you couldn't discuss gayness in school. Um, so I didn't have any support from faculty or anything like that. And I was really doing the most to like seek out like every kind of lesbian thing I possibly ever could to, you know, I was like heavy in the Melissa Farrick anthology, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then this came and it was just like, what is this? Like, it was just like a whole, whole vision of queerness that I didn't know could possibly exist and definitely didn't wrap my head around in that watch, but just yeah. knew that I was like exactly what I want to see more of. I don't know what this means. I don't know what's happening, but I want to see a million more films like this um and yeah definitely got obsessed with the soundtrack I would sing that in the shower all the time um and I got a little bit obsessed with John Cameron Mitchell and like kind of watched some of his later stuff as well mm-hmm. nothing compares I don't think this is like his just it's his magnum opus you know um but uh and I've never seen the stage play which is which is sad sure. but for me this is like nostalgia like 10 out of 10 it's like it's the it was the film for me for so long and I think you know yeah like when I'm being asked it, it's the film I'll, I'll I'll say because it not only is that me being like I love queer camp films but it's also just like this you know I love musicals yeah 10 out of 10. amazing I've never <laughs> seen the yeah so you're reading we'll do uh you're reading a 10 out of 10 100 and you know th- this is also something I, I would I would uh want to say that at the top too I have not also seen the musical but just to note from what I know about it the same person plays Hedwig and Tommy and it is just done in a different way. I that is that is what I have heard to be true. Um, so you can see how that is definitely something that would fly in a stage show. Yeah, and it works on a different. It works in the ending here to have them, you know, be twinsies and all that stuff. But I think this is a good choice to have them be different characters. And it's hilarious that Stephen Trask is singing the Tommy Gnosis part when that actor from Boardwalk Empire is acting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know he just got arrested. With him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's really... I yeah, like, he's... I was like, I'm a lesbian, but there's something about this boy. Yeah, there's something <laughs> lesbian there's so about this more. boy. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much more. Yeah, he's a very Leo DiCaprio. Like, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to wear a headband at certain points, you know. Oh. Style. I like that. <laughs> yeah, the flop, the bounce on that hair. So yeah, he's um super cute. So you know, 185. Those are actually pretty high nostalgia scan readings. So you know, we understand that as we go into this discussion, there's a lot of stuff that we have in our own memories. This film means x amount to us or whatever and as always we know that you know certain things uh nostalgia wanes nostalgia increases etc etc i have read enough about the jane county stuff that yes do i think that he did that absolutely like it looks like i've never heard anything about that yeah we're gonna we'll we'll just do do it in the discussion (laughs) but but the fact that this would this could be a, a stolen life story and it is about a stolen life you know, theme 
that I I just can't I just can't look away from that. I want to know more rather than less. Um, that said, I think that there's a settled court case, so parties you know have been uh, acquitted, I guess. So we'll get into uh, the synopsis with that knowledge. Um, we open on a performance of Tear Me Down by The Angry Inch, Hedwig and The Angry Inch, of course. They're uh, at like a basic restaurant. They have these loyal fans there. And for them, that's that's uh, kind of enough. That the amount of performance that they are giving does not you know, reflect what is what they're looking at. Um, even so, <laughs> even so, the old people, you know, the older people at this uh, restaurant are gi- are giving them a tee-hee-hee too. And you can tell that Hedwig loves it, loves to be um, the anti, loves to be different, and loves to fuck up people's, you know, intention to just go out for a nice 7 p.m. dinner, you know, <laughs> even on the uh, micro level. So... Uh, and also, you know, they're they're staying in these shitty hotels to go with that. Of course, it's a very cheap tour. And uh, one thing that I noted, of course, in the very beginning here is that Hedwig's hotel room is just like full of wigs. Um, these wigs have <laughs> been brought and then placed out so that they can kind of un- unfurl a little bit again. But I, I mean, I've just I I have had a musical theater act. I know the deal of traveling with wigs and this is a whole, <laughs> this is a whole <laughs> song and dance um, and very, yeah, very expensive, honestly. So, um, but she's like a drag queen in that way that her whole thing is based on not just the performance, but the, the look that goes with this performance. And as we can see, the look is very important to her. So uh, there's a bunch of wigs and boxes, definitely, <laughs> traveling with this band. So, of course, then we see Yitzhak here um, try one of them on. It's very early. Um, this is Mage. He is somebody who typically is played by an AFAB person, usually like, you know, such an iconic Broadway AFAB person, you know, that you're you're waiting you're always waiting for the end of the storyline for him to return to that. But from mostly feel and not even a lot of dialogue, we understand that they are romantically sexually involved, but Yitzhak is not happy um, as being this trans man, I suppose. And I don't know, really. I think it's totally interpretive. I interpret Yitzhak as a trans man who regrets this transition already. Although statistically, he'd be one of zero. So (laughs) I'm not sure how I'm supposed to really interpret it. um, If he's supposed to be cis. But for me in my heart, I've always thought about him like that. And it's like just part of making the movie my own, I think. What do you think? Yeah, that's so interesting to me because I always see him as like that he wants he's a cis man who wants to transition and that there's like this kind of like jealousy with Hedwig over that because Hedwig hasn't had the like quote unquote transition that she wanted. Like so mm. that for me is always that thing that there's this thing of like no like I don't want you to have this because like 
what if you you like quote unquote succeed you know like what if right. you manage to reach this like level of like womanhood that I can't and you know which we will see as we, <laughs> it's as we like it's like a um like a younger trans person who's like struggling with medical transition and then their friend who already looks like they naturally have like a lot of testosterone or something says they're going to yeah. transition and it's like even that person's young and in a vulnerable place so they're selfish and they're just like it's a race suddenly um when it's not so yeah I feel that too absolutely and I actually like I don't think it has a huge amount of consequence on the main plot which is (laughs) which is funny too uh, to think of it as a trans man (laughs) who has no consequence on the major plot but we'll see you know I mean there's also like something that you could say about if it is a um, cis person who's transitioning to being a trans woman at the end then why isn't it played by a trans woman just for the listeners who don't know who haven't watched the movie which again is not the order of the podcast y'all movie then listen to the podcast as I always say but if you haven't done that this is a male presenting person played by an AFAB person and that is not how they end up so just keep that in mind so then Tommy Gnosis comes on the tv and uh, Yitzhak is like ah write new songs (laughs) to Hedwig because apparently Tommy as we'll see stole Hedwig's songs and she she won't write new ones they're good so she's like these are my top <laughs> hits I mean it takes a while to get this this amount of like good solid songs these are back to front very well produced so I feel for her but also we know she's talented enough to write new songs as well at the next show we see that even the tabloids are taking note of Hedwig's lawsuit against Tommy Gnosis over this and we learn that Hedwig taught Tommy how to be a rock and roll star essentially. Andrea Martin also is the uh, Hedwig's agent here and is like doing (laughs) Uh, for y'all don't know like my big fat Greek wedding. Inside the lump he found teeth and a spinal column. Yes, inside the lump was my twin. Like this is just a very funny, I believe Chicago, I want to say Chicago-based actress, comedian. So we learned that, you know, Hedwig's tour is actually following Tommy's (laughs) tour as well, stop for stop. So these, this is, you know, the download of this information is pretty quick, but you can see that um, we're going to go back and forth between this tour and what brought Hedwig to this place. So uh, we also, just a small note, Hedwig thrusts at Yitzhak, um, but like in bed or something right here. Is that what happens? Thru- like there's a little thrust. <laughs> is this, like, wait, is that, is that the moment where it's like, like a kind of failed attempt and then they kind of move on to something else? Is that yes. that moment? Yeah. Yeah. It's like this. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I said, it's, I just said, it's weird. I should have been more detailed, but it's not when they're lying in bed with um, origin of love is, is next after this little Berlin intro. So I think this is just that moment where it's like, okay, they are sexually involved too, but like, they're not connected. Yeah, it doesn't work somehow. (laughs) Something that doesn't fit. (laughs) Right. 
I think they, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's like a chemistry spark between these people yeah. that exists off stage. On stage, it, there's something Lindsay and Stevie about them actually. There's some staring and stuff, you know, there's an intensity. So, um, but this is when we start to hear about what Hedwig's beginnings were. And she grew up in, I'm going to say she, I, some just come along and come along and voice your opinions, y'all. But I'm going to say Hedwig grew up in Berlin and uh, this is, this is when the wall is up. So (laughs) fuck. And they are on the East side, like strict rules, rations. You could tell that they, they just have, like the coldest house, you know, that's yeah. just very, it's, it's really bad. And the first thing that we learn about this situation, the first thing is that Hedwig's father touched him and his mother kicked him out. <laughs> Choice. That scene is, I was thinking about that scene like the other night and I was like, that scene is so like, it's so vague you know like it's like you can kind of parse that out and he and like kind of says that but also it's like if I think the first time I saw that I was just like they're just lying in bed together why is she so mad like they're fully clothed I don't understand like is she jealous Mm. is this another jealous and it's like and then you're like oh wait no there's this other thing there's this other thing that they're like maybe not just saying out loud in the same way yeah and it also denotes that this is not as harsh as the mom seems sometimes in all of this, mm. she did protect her kid. Yeah. And there's something that is in Hedwig because of that. Hedwig's been through a lot and actually ha- still has a very like whole spirit. So it, I think it does have to do with the fact of preservation at this point, um, because at that, that she is so young and it just it's it's devastating so I can see I can see um a, a lot of interpretations of that but I do think that Hedwig uses the language my father touched me right mm-hmm. my father touched me so it, there's only there's a limit to what it can be interpreted yeah. as so um so then we see origin of love which you know, I think uh, I think this is right where probably that 55-year-old cis man was getting confused because origin of love is a, a lot about gender, but of course, it's also about love and connection. So we're talking about these connections and then it, suddenly we're really, it seems like we're really talking about transgender issues for the cis viewer. For us, the song comes on and we're probably just like, this is my song. Um, so, um, <laughs> so that's on clays. And of course it's, uh, a, an animation over the number. It's a, it's a story about how people essentially got split up from being like two men, um, two women or part man, part woman. And so they're talking about all this stuff and then how we come back together and find each other. And that's that's love. It's super deep. And like, you honestly, you really just have to listen to it. So, you know, pause it, go over to Apple um, Music or Spotify or whatever and like listen to it right now. Cause it's really, it's hard to describe just how like 
the it's like folklore and um greek gods and like all this stuff uh that's really epic you know i think that's really important like trans divinity is something that we talk about in the community and then it feels like other people don't understand that's real um <laughs> so uh it's just the the idea that this is a song about why even everybody not just queer people sometimes don't feel whole so it's it's, it's the best it's like, it's like based on like writings by plato like, I don't know. I've never heard anyone being like, well, do you remember when Plato was talking about gender? Like, no, this is too antiquated and wordy, you know, for my teenage brain. But like, it's kind of, I don't know, there's something interesting about that. Yeah, I'm sure that this is some sort of like book that that she got and just was playing around. Because when, when Tommy gets it wrong in the car later, Oh my God, she's so <laughs> pissed. There's no God called Cyrus. <laughs> it's yeah, you know, so you could tell that she's a little bit uh, into gender studies peripherally, even if it's about filtering them out through her art again. So yeah, fucking Hedwig's cool as shit, and this song is very cool. Yeah, <laughs> Hedwig is also, uh, you know, she she's narrating this whole movie. I should say too. So it, there's like parts where she's talking to the audience, etc. So you could say she's performing or whatever. But we do have. It's just interesting that we have self reflection in this protagonist the whole way, and it's heartbreaking too because the pain that she actually feels over what he did. Um, we start to see it more and more and, and understand, um, especially as trans people. Like trans people, the idea thematically of something stolen from us mm -hmm. time art funds for art like all that stuff you know um so also we flash back um to Hedwig's mom uh who is you know allowing allowing Hedwig to grow up rock and roll there's this weird thing about <laughs> hanging out in the oven which I don't get do they never oh, yeah. do they not use it at all <laughs> i mean i may maybe if it, they are just living off rations like maybe there's just nothing to cook yeah know? there's nothing to heat up right right no can <laughs> of beans even yeah so um so that's that's also in the backdrop here um they then perform at that um menzies fair where they're I like on <laughs> that name I, I literally wrote that down in my notes because i was like that is so clever that oh. one fan who's there, um, so sad. So that's so that's when she's telling. She starts to tell the story of Luther, and he is an American soldier who, from from ass, from the, from just looking at the <laughs> ass, <laughs> um, thinks that that Hedwig is a cis woman. And Hedwig turns over and says that um, their name is Hansel. And Luther is like, yeah, okay. You know, the attraction, <laughs> <laughs> the attraction is not, not, uh, not easily tossed aside for that person. And he becomes Hedwig's sugar daddy and says that he'll marry her. But one thing that she needs to do a couple things really um she needs she's gonna move to america with them 
But in order to do that, to be man and wife, they're going to have to have Hedwig have her penis cut off. We then go into a sketchy operation that is, of course, botched. The song, The Angry Inch, is about this and details it <laughs> very well for the patrons of that, <laughs> that restaurant, resulting in a brawl because <laughs> it's just so, like, egregiously, like, violent to them that, oh. uh, and she's, she's, she's so free you know, while she's talking about this thing that happened. So, um, and this is, this is also that weird moment where she leaps away at the end of the performance. She like leaps over the camera. So yeah, she's like flying in a way from this expression to me. Um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I just think that like, like what you're saying is really interesting. Like this idea that it's like her experience of her, having to go through like a sex change that like basically is botched like didn't didn't go the way it was supposed to and her detailing that pain is like results in this brawl from like this kind of heteronormative group at this random restaurant or cafe or whatever and I feel like that is like so indicative of like of what goes on for us you know it's like we're never allowed to talk about like what it's like to be trans like the realities of, of being trans and the and, and the hardship and the inequality that we face because at every turn there are people who are just disgusted by our very existence right <laughs> and I think that like the thing that about Hedwig is she leads leans into that with in, in a punk rock way like she's just like yeah I'm gonna start saying like this in the crudest possible way because it's gonna have the same outcome anyway and I think mm. that that's something that a lot of us end up doing you know like yeah. I feel like that's why there is a lot of like there's a large percentage of like trans people who who are like and like kind of at odds with the world in a way you know like because we don't see a place in it and so I I think that really spoke to me at a time when I was like I say like this very young one of maybe two or three queer people in my school you know very isolated mm -hmm. where it was just like I put on this armor so I really saw myself in that and I and I felt like it, it was like a it was like a a victory song you know in that way like just like yeah fuck you guys I'm gonna tell this and I'm gonna own this and I'm gonna be one who's not in pain from this like yeah I love that moment yeah especially because it extends you can see um even the way that women are treated about pregnancy etc like surgeries ar around that mm -hmm. there's like a layer of like oh but we don't we don't let men see you know like disgusting stuff or whatever like body horror I think also as trans people like I always think I'm someone who who can't take body horror very easily in a movie. So when I woke up with, you know, the bags off me after top top surgery, I was like, okay, I'm like in a Guillermo del Toro film. Like I'm really, literally like so horrified at my own being. Yeah. Um, and I think even bringing people into that, it's like, it's literally like saying, hey, like no matter what happens to you, it's very scary to be a corporeal being. It's very scary mm -hmm. to have a body that's vulnerable. So it is just like with most trans issues, it's like once you unpack it, you're like, but also like once we fix this, everybody will feel more comfortable, you know? Right. <laughs> it's sad that it's not more of like a point of connection you know because it's like it's not just trans people who are like 
have those who have issues and have stumbling blocks like accessing medical care and then are dealt with being like okay I guess I just have to remove my own catheter like that happens to other yeah. people yeah you know what I mean and there's just because we are in these boxes we don't get to do that and I feel like there's lots of like kind of people who'd maybe like identify as turfs who mm. like have like it's like a misconnection there's so mm. many people and it's like you know what like like this argument of like oh like well when I was young I went tomboy phase and like I grew of it cool let's talk about that like we can connect about how that's different for both of us and then we can learn and about each other but instead it comes this thing of like this was just really done to me continue on um after this song to the part where uh they're uh, they're living out of a trailer um in America and Luther leaves Hedwig for a twink um, <laughs> and you know she's she's also on the tv watching the berlin wall come down yeah oh, this is like the saddest like one of the saddest moments of the film it's like oh but it leads into wig in a box which is glorious <laughs> so I, I again watch the movie but also watch this video of this song because hedwig starts off with sort of like I mean, what would I even say? It's sort of Dusty Springfield. It's a little bit like, yeah, 50s beehive. And then she ends up as like Gwen Stefani in like the early aughts, like <laughs> trying to be solo. You know, <laughs> she literally like, she literally has like this like platinum blonde wig, and, like, you know, her like lip gloss like matches her face. Like it's iconic, you know? So it's just everything about um, this performance is about uh gender expression to me um especially because i mean it's wig in a box like it's in the title for sure but the idea that like when you start to test out different gender things or expand your gender or whatever you want to call it um you're taking things out and you're real you're also putting things back a lot too mm-hmm. you know and then you look you're just like especially with trans mask people it's like like you look look at yourself like three years before and you're like fuck I look like a 14 year old boy and you were like 27 or whatever uh-huh. and that yeah. happens all the time because it, people get confused about cuts even like this is a this is literally about fashion um dad not not you know showing any guidance um Mm -hmm. things like that really have these like ripple effects so um for someone like Hedwig who has been wearing wigs for a minute now this is the idea that these wigs can lead like stepping stones to her wildest dreams or really more accurately as she says, to be the best you've ever seen. And this is part of her downfall too, because mm. we find out that what she really wanted to be, be, I suppose, is the Tommy Gnosis of it all. But yeah. you could argue that. But the idea that to be something, um, you know, to be your ultimate self could have been another way she could have chosen it but because of the botched surgery she doesn't think that she can identify as a man anymore so there's there's a lot of that going on this is again very interpretive yeah she's gonna lean fully in to the hand that she's been dealt which is like get it girl like that is a choice that's 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 a choice and I feel like 
I don't, I don't, I don't hate it for her. You know, I feel like, I mean, I definitely don't hate it for me because <laughs> otherwise it would be extremely boring. But like, I feel like that choice ultimately leads to her freedom, mm-hmm. and I think he has to live out this choice in order to get there. Like that, that choice is the healing in a way, you know. And who's yeah. to say as well that like we don't know what the life outside of this film is? It doesn't mean that she never puts a wig back on again, you know? Yeah. Who knows? But like. I mean, yeah, for, I mean, we won't go into it just now, but for me, this is very much an, like, a, I read this through a very, like, transmasculine lens of, like, trying so hard to be a girl and being like, that's not what I am, you know? But, like, yes. we'll that later. That, that <laughs> frustration, I know well. Yeah, the, just the idea of, like, I'm going to super hyper femme and, like, maybe it'll go away. So we all, <laughs> we, were, we were all there. Uh, so, you know, then Hedwig tries to actually talk to Tommy. Things are escalating um, and gets, you know, chased off by like, what security or whatever. Um, and she's, she's frustrated. She takes her frustration out on the bandmates when they dry her bra, which public oh. service announcement, you don't put a bra, put a bra in, a in a dryer. It. Why do you think women have like have bras hanging in their shower? It's not to be sexy for you. It's because they're dry. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a wild note. Um, and then of course we go back to like in the past when Tommy is this like seventeen year old Jesus freak, and oh my God. <laughs> so we know that 17 i think i put 17 here because i knew they said it in the movie or something or looked it up but yes this person in most states in the united states is underage i just want to say that we understand that this is a movie um and this is what happens okay so this 17 year old tommy um is jerking off in the tub and with the door like open (laughs) And <laughs> yeah, because he's like totally watching <laughs> as she goes past with the baby, like, like oh, like because he he already has calls for her, and she knows. Yeah, yeah, this is a thing that's been brewing. Absolutely, I should have put some of this mm-hmm. bath bath water in the um in the scanner. Actually, that was a mistake. Um, so he <laughs> he comes to uh he comes and then <laughs> he comes to uh her awesome performance of Wicked Little Town, which is uh with this <laughs> band of of women in in like an Asian restaurant. <laughs> All I want is a spinoff about. What happens to the Korean women who oh were God. in the band initially? Where are they? I want to see, like, <laughs> like what's that show that Charlie XCX did on Netflix where she, like, made, like, that band happen? I want that, but with Korean women. Like, a reality oh. TV show. Because <laughs> in my mind, that's real. This is actually yes. just real people. I want it's, that. <laughs> it's like making the band, but it's making the Hedwig band. That's yes. the show you want. Okay, copy. Oh. Got it. <laughs> so, so Yitzhak comes in. And says that he got the part of Angel in a touring Rent show. It's a full moment and he's like exhausted. Like uh, exhausted. Why did I write that? Yeah, he's exhausted. He's oh yeah, he's exhausted. Like he's because he's been he's at the end of his rope. Mm -hmm. This was this is actually like because even when he sees this little thing, it's like looking for some hope. That's what this character is doing. He's very stuck. And that's why it's so devastating when she rips up the passport. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is like, I think, the hardest moment to love Hedwig. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is like, because the whole time you're rooting for her, but in this moment, you're like, whoa, like, because also, like, she intimately knows how hard it is to cross a border. She intimately knows that. Yeah. And then for her to take away that from someone else in such a vicious physical way is like a lot. And that is why ultimately like everybody kind of leaves her then. Like you know, her manager's like, I'm out at that point, right? And it's it's like another part of her being like, I don't want to see other people succeed. Like she she is not in a, she's so consumed by her own pain that she can't be like, cool. I can't wait for you to do that. I'm excited for you because I know this is a passion of yours. She can't do that. Like all of the people that she keeps around her are people that she has control over. And that's a way that she has con- exerts control in her over her own life that she makes herself feel better about her herself and her pain. And it's really tragic. And I think that's also why like the ending is so beautiful because she finally kind of gets out of that and she can g- give that to someone else. She can She can give someone else the moment that she doesn't ultimately need anymore which is that's the healing right sure yeah she walks away from it but she did she she does a few bars <laughs> yeah. like, oh, right now i'm going <laughs> yeah i think completely um so this is then three weeks later and she ends up this is this is pretty trans story she ends up working on the streets this is something you see in a lot of trans-centric movies this is her like I guess I mean she she yeah she couldn't get gigs or whatever that quickly. This is like I need money now, and Tommy pulls up in a limo, and they have this night together where it's like, are they almost back together? Like they're having such a good time. He says he's sorry. If things feel better, but then of course they start arguing about the song and him fucking. This up is the, the bit about Cyrus, where she, yeah. she's like this god called Cyrus. Why don't you? <laughs> and it's oh Cyrus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and then yeah, they get in a car accident. <laughs> they, they it's like bam, car accident, and it all comes out. Hedwig is like on Rosie she's finally got like legitimacy to her story which is another very trans thing like people Mm -hmm. believing have you ever like told like cis people like a really transy transitional kind of story and had them look at you like it didn't even happen (laughs) I I remember some moments like that Um, you know just thinking about like the things they don't know I guess the thing maybe more like earlier where people just don't uh, like take you out your word as who you are and how you and how you identify as well. Like yeah. they're just like, mm, that's not real. And you're like, <laughs> like, okay. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so funny how a figment of, of people's imagination can be um, physical and actually just right here. So... <laughs> So yeah. let's not talk about constructs. Like, you know, you, you <laughs> talk about constructs. Exactly. Yeah. You Everything's not that. real, but if you make something real, then it's real, sort of. You know, like we make these yeah. structures real, we give them validity, etc. Um, but uh, yes, everything's made up to your point, says people. We made everything up, even you. So <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> So nothing like, uh, you know, uh, this legitimacy to bring back the Angry Inch to reunite them. Of course, someone wants them to play a big gig now. So they've got 
we've got like a record release party style thing going on here. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like that, right? Maybe it's just a party, whatever. Um, but but they they still kind of like hate her a little bit. It's not like there's there's a lot of tension on stage. Um, and they end up performing this song. This one's called, what is this one called? Um, all Sewn Up at this point. Where she's mm-hmm. like really, really, is it All Sewn Up? And she's like really oh, angry. Oh, no. Uh, no, All Sewn Up is, uh, oh, you're right. You're right. That right after the car accident, you're right. She does All Sewn Up and pounds those tomatoes on her chest. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> so good. We're like yeah. forgetting iconic detail. Um, yeah, I I think that's the thing right before when that when we see that it's like the release. Yeah, because they're back, but then she's also kind of like still spiraling. This is her breaking point, mm. and she and like the, and like the Tommy Noses gig is like next door. Right, and she goes and sees him. Yes, and there's nobody at his gig because this is after the press thing. So now everyone's like, oh, you like trans people. We don't want to be your fan anymore. <laughs> but this is... But, but now we like trans people, but only when they're meeting you. He's yeah. also disgraced, though. He's like Millie vanilli you know, in a way. Because oh, he stole her songs, right? He stole that. her yeah. songs. And so, like, that's... I'm surprised the gig isn't just canceled. Um, cause, I mean, th- here's the thing. I, I think this is a hallucination. I think, mm. you know, I yeah. think... Right. I think head- sequence. Yeah, so I would say I think the Tommy thing is, like, her thinking about, you know, Tommy and, like, what... Um, how... Uh, in some ways they're both alone like now in this and they wish that they could have just I think she wishes that she could have connected with him still and the connection the validity the validation didn't give her the connection back um but he's singing a version of like a very very good song from the soundtrack Wicked Little Town that um you know there's a there's even a cover album with a bunch of bands i i want to say is it like the breeders or something that do the wicked little down um there it's like it's like called wig in a box that uh that compilation yeah i must have listened to this at some point but i I love how i never look anything up i'm just like what's that called (laughs) and and then the the listeners can just scream so yeah (laughs) that he's singing this and yeah, it's about it's about small town mindset. This song, it's about like, mm-hmm. uh, how, where do you find yourself? So um, that I think for her is like a moment where she realizes that she's about to be. Yeah, she's on stage. She's uh, gonna do. Yeah, the one I was thinking of was like the one where she she names all the ladies. Nona yeah, and Aretha. Yeah. Nico <laughs> yeah I mean, so. like, that's like the last like, that's like the swan song of the whole thing right where they right. put everything back together and the entire like the look of that yeah like you say it's made to look like this high-end album release party that it is it, everything is white their outfits are matching like mm-hmm. it's the crowd is all in black they're mm-hmm. all you know kind of high society well-to-do mm-hmm. like it's a very much like you've made it now this is your moment and that's I think that's why it's so interesting because in that moment she has everything that she has ever wanted and she 
kind of almost she passes the torch in a way but then also yeah, like she goes. comes back to the version of herself that's actually Tommy Gnosis in a way like so she kind of almost like created this other character that her art could live through because she couldn't live in that character at that time I don't know it's just I, so many layers and I, I love that about it. I think you're right that like <laughs> Hedwig 2 we definitely need Hedwig 2 to know um what like what she did with her career after but I do think it's I mean she's naked when she walks the last shot is 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 her walking away from this performance down like an alley and I do think like it's a, it's about reapproaching life from a better standpoint when she gives Yitzhak that big moment mm -hmm. it's also about her saying I don't need the big moment right now, I am okay being alone. Um, but this is a person who had to ping off of anybody, you know, mm. the worst choices of people to ping off of. And then finally, you know, what do you do when your sex surgery is botched, which could be analogous to your life is botched, you know, whatever things got messed up. And how do you sit with yourself and just say, okay, well, this is me, you yeah. know? And then that tattoo, her her tattoo on her uh, thigh that we saw uh, at the end of Origin of Love becomes like a whole face because mm -hmm. it's like, he doesn't need her other half. Her other half is within her. Like, oh. Yeah. And I'm always, <laughs> I'm always like a few, a few dollars away from that, getting that tattoo. Oh <laughs> just, it's on my list. I'm going to be one of those days. And let's just, know. let's just note for the viewers that Felix is, tatted up i don't know where you're gonna put it but um oh, obviously i'm on the same spot oh right is it <laughs> on the ankle yeah ankle or rump it's on the it's on like the yeah it's on like the, the side of the rump yes it's rumpy <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i love that for you um hey. let's <laughs> let's Coming get into a mixer near you <laughs> Coming soon, right exactly um i don't have a single tattoo yet but i might we just start with that one. Just start with that one. <laughs> exactly. I would get her face. I would get a whole head. Oh my god! On my back. <laughs> the face from the from the um the towel that she throws to Tommy when she's oh, like yeah. The Iconic. Okay. Iconic. That's a great oh. idea. I mean that that sounds like a thing that an artist could fuck up or really excel at. <laughs> really and be careful you on the choice. Your own journey of dealing with your botched tattoo. You know. <laughs> you can yeah. make a musical about it. Yes, Done. I woke up on the on the tattoo table and my and my <laughs> tattoo had been botched. <laughs> she drew a Barbie doll crotch instead. Um, so <laughs> let's get into our our discussion. Um, this is you know we we've pinged a lot of little things, but I guess I'll open the floor to you. What what are some of the main things for you with this movie that like you have to talk about? I feel like for me it's that like it really took me a while to get to this point, but then I was like, oh, I absolutely view this film through like a trans masculine lens. Like mm. I see this as like, and like, of course, John Cameron Mitchell isn't a trans man, you know? Right. Um, and I know that there have at different points in time been people having complicated feelings about the representation, blah, blah, blah. But like, mm. for me, I'm like, I don't, I, I I hold I can hold space for that, but I don't agree with it. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like, even though this was not the intent of it, 
he has kind of given us this film, which like to me really speaks to the trans male experience. It's like, here's this kind of sitch, like there's so many parts of it that do that. Like, and I think the main one I kind of touched on earlier about like, you know, you're trying so hard to be this thing that you're, you're not, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's and I, I, like to go to what you said, like it's, it's this thing that you lean into because you think that that's where you will find success. Yeah. And a way to kind of make things with yourself. Um, and like constantly chasing, you know, the, these these this like kind of love and acceptance from people in this in this way that maybe just doesn't fit, and so yeah. that really from true for me time when I didn't even know anything about that. Um, I think also like there's something kind like I mean I I love any kind of like extremely camp film I love a musical but like mm. there's something really very inherently queer and like about like taking something like like a sex change which is no not the terminal even use um and just taking that when it's gone wrong and making it into this kind of like funny thing in a way that I don't feel personally pokes fun at those of us who have had sex any kind of sexual reassignment surgery like I I do not feel like the the laughter is is pointed at I feel like it's more of that very queer way that we make light of things that are fucking horrific and incomprehensible mm. to people outside of our circles yeah and I really love it for that I think that's something I want to see more of in terms of queer representation and specifically in terms of trans representation and I and it just feels very like both of and before a time you know what I mean mm -hmm. like ugh. Yeah, definitely. So terminology is something that people hitch on with this film um, uh, or even just representing trajectory. And it's interesting because we are not beholden as queer people to write any particular narrative or whatever. But as as you and I know, as people coming up through the industry, the farther you get up, the more that they want to shore things up and you know make sure that we're not we're not scaring this is straight people too too much um <laughs> and i i do think that like there's a whole thing with this film where uh, uh, many trans people i'm sure find it to do a disservice um, to our community in terms of education but I would argue that if you look at just the cover of this film, why you would be looking at it for education, I'll, I don't really <laughs> understand. Um, so that's part of part of me thinks that that's just really part of the unfair landscape of making us do all of this duty, this like community service, you know, to. Um, like legacy work, you know, future work and whatever, but it's, it's hard because we're artists and we're writers and it's very unnatural to, to try to do that. You want to write your thing and have it, have it be interpretive or whatever. Um, so I, I guess that, I guess for me, you know, I understand whoever's listening that's going rasa frasa like <laughs> the TCU doing headwing on it's not even trans. I mean it's inherently trans. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that I 
that's not that person okay. you don't even want them listening like if you, if, you, if you think that that's okay right you're wrong <laughs> the look on felix's face i mean it's an, it's an inherently trans film and it, it absolutely exists within the trans cinematic universe i think that maybe we could talk around the house about what trans means and who it includes sure that's where where we can parse that out yep I'm not interested in that because I'm very much like an all-inclusive uh, holiday. Like, just come on, on board. I'll feed you. You're fine. You know, yes. like, I don't, I'm not interested in doing that. So for me, it's it's inherently trans. There's just too much, like, because, like, even if you take issue with Hedwig, then Yitzhak's right there. Like, give me a break. You know, right. like, someone's trans. someone's expanding their gender. Someone's expressing their gender through clothing and makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one other thing too, uh, I don't, I don't want to not give this ample time. Okay. Jane County. <laughs> Please she... tell me about Jane County. I mean, I know who she is, but I did not know this. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to burst anyone's bobble, but, um, so Jane County is a trans rock and roll star you could say she was doing a lot of work um and and have heavily influenced david bowie in the 70s so we're talking about um somebody who's like getting it on the ground floor of rock and roll i don't know if there's anybody um who is young enough to be like what's that time period well like you know the beatles come out like 1964 they like come to america by the late 60s you're getting a lot of rock and roll and then rock and roll starts to really develop so she makes her debut about 1967 and she's influencing all of these people and then you know she has uh her songs were loosely stolen by, you know, or look everything stolen um, by some of those rock and rollers. And then she meets, she meets John Cameron Mitchell and tells him this. Okay. So this is the story. So what she presented to John Cameron Mitchell is the story of Hedwig. And then John Cameron Mitchell turns around and, and, the, and Hedwig comes out very soon after they come together. They, like he does, you know, the writing of it a few years and then it's in previews and and they have a court case that's settled. So my my feeling of this is that if he had been inspired by the David Bowie part, the rock and roller part, clearly um those like gender bending rock and rollers uh were influenced by something just as like harry styles is influenced by david bowie mm-hmm. but i and i can see an artist hearing that story and being like wow look at the story but it does i think the part that i'm really bothered by is the idea that john cameron mitchell wrote this about trans stuff has really had a lot of success because the, the community definitely celebrated this film um, uninterrupted for like a decade, at least 15 years um, before anybody started to really like kind of take it apart a little bit. But I do think that like he had power, he had more power than her and 
I know that those people, like even like people like Exim Cervenka are always like doing estate sales. There's not a huge amount of money sometimes when you're like a rock and roller for 50 years ago. So yeah. a settlement when trans people are proud as shit. I'm just seeing, I don't know all the details, but what I see, I don't particularly love um, of this. And that in the in this article, like I can I'll leave a link to it. And I definitely want to read that for sure. It's her own words. And so I'm just a little bit like, and I think there's a few articles here, but this thing that she's talking about, like, it bothers me a little bit. So I just want to say that just because I know it's a thing, but also it it really, it went away. There must be some sort of clause in this settlement. Yeah. It's kind of sad because it feels like, if, it feels like a missed opportunity, you know, like, I don't know. Like I, I mean, obviously, I love the, the the musical. I love the film. I, I just think it's like a if if this is the thing, then it's like, wouldn't it be so amazing for the world to know more about Jane County, like mm. through this? That, if Hedwig that, was about Jane County, sort of. Yeah, like I just feel like it's a it's a missed opportunity because like I learned about Jane County through like an older uh, trans woman I know back home, and like I'd never heard of her, and like I can absolutely tell you that like so many younger trans people don't know who the fuck she is and that sucks yeah. you know and I think that like we very much are like a community with I want to say like kind of it feels like rapidly depleting elders and like that's not just because people die which you know, obviously we do at an alarming right. rate but it's like it's because people are like fuck this I'm out like I I'm just gonna go and have a normal life you know oh. or like this community is really stressful or it's too hard or whatever like and I think that like and also we, you know, we have less like mortality, blah, 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 right? But like, <laughs> but, but like all of the older trans people, like I know are often just like, yeah, I don't really want to hang around with a bunch of annoying 20 year olds. You know what I mean? It's hard sure. to be a, an actual elder. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are in their 20s who are calling themselves elders. And that is like wild that we have el elders in their 20s. Like that's not what a community looks like. Um, so for us to be able to have more of those role models who are like, you know, able to be like, I am like, I am, a, I'm trans. I've been trans for all this time. I've had this career. I'm, I have had this life. Like that's important. And it would be great to be able to see that through this. That's yeah. That's the thing I'm, I'm sad about. <laughs> yeah. And I think also like the, even even having this story be known to be true there's like a ripple effect with audience queer and non uh it, it's it's really kind of disappointing in a way because of the, the iconography built around John Cameron Mitchell in some ways who hasn't like actually his he's not prolific you know it's not like John Cameron Mitchell from this 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 and this it's like this thing really uh, adorned him with sort of like a permanent fixture and yeah the idea that it didn't do the same for her that she doesn't get like does she get five dollars from everything you know I just want to know um yeah, know. so get, like, get her on the pod <laughs> yeah I know right right just I'll just dm dm over and over again um and also there's uh there's a lot of talk pushback um evidence online from John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask being like, I don't know what you're talking about. So 
this is you know just even the idea of like allyship being like are you cis gay guys uh because <laughs> you have a bad reputation <laughs> so you might want to watch it but um yeah i think i think there's some messiness in there um i invite everyone to make up their own minds but i just didn't want to um uh, forego that whole topic um and and act like it didn't exist so uh anything else that you want to touch on before we move on to our game oh i did make this note about all sewn up which i feel like it just sounds kind of poetic to me it was like my interpretation of that song was like when you get everything that you want but you destroy it because of what it costs to get you there mm. like oh past felix that's a lovely line um <laughs> like <laughs> That's how that feel. That's how that feels. Watching that, it's like she is just like I am ready to fucking destroy it all. Yeah, because it's taken me so long, and I fought so hard for you to just believe me that I don't even want it anymore. You know, like that's that's almost how it felt. And I'm, I mean, obviously, there's also like the Tommy stuff underneath, but it really mm. just, and especially like the, like the tomatoes. I don't know the tomatoes <laughs> are like. Because it's also this thing that she couldn't have, right? Like this, like she didn't have like breast augmentation surgery. Yeah, yeah. Like this is also like this kind of like this part of her that she's like kind of using to kind of shore up this identity that maybe, again, maybe doesn't fit. But it's also her being like, I have tried so hard to be this thing and it has not worked and Mm. I'm not doing it anymore. Like I'm going to go out in the street naked and I'm going to become Tommy Gnosis. Okay, bye. Like, great. Yeah, I think there's a bit of destruction in transness, you know, just um, like creating the flat ground from which to build, you know. I, I think also like the way that she's doing the, the tomatoes, I never thought about it in terms of breasts. I think that's great. Um, and also just being red, being sort mm. of like bloodlet-like. Um, and even yeah. even the um idea that she probably is the destitute like feeling of her childhood home and then just like destroying food. I kind of love that mm-hmm, part yeah. of it. They have a food fight yeah. like three three quarters of the way through too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just this kind of like, yeah, destruction. Um we I, I'm at a place in my transition where I I, I feel like a lot of just good feelings all the time from being trans not a lot of huge negatives until I get into fighting for our rights you know so um so I think this is kind of the the last part of her securing herself before you know maybe this is a queer person that that would then be be just an iconic gender bending queer rock star Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I can see that um any other notes just, I think there's also a world in which I could read Yitzhak as like a, another drag queen, you know? Sure. Like, I feel like there's also that because the makeup is so drag. Like it's it's very like, it really treads that line between drag and a very, very high, high, high femme, you know? So it's <laughs> like, I, I love that we just have a million interpretations of who Yitzhak is. Like that's really... <laughs> Yeah, like, you're right. Yitzhak could be a drag queen. Hedwig also, one not to be, this is, I mean, this is the easiest tuck that I that ever would happen. 
And I do want to talk specifically too about the angry inch just for a sec before we move on, because this is not negligible that this is a sex change that got botched with a, like a a nub of some sort, something that's Mm -hmm. not like legibly um, considered ordinary or whatever two people um and tommy reacts says like what's that and she says it's what i have to work with one of my favorite exchanges in the movie so i just want to point that out because you've got cis men with micro penises you've got Mm -hmm. trans men with super wet testosterone filled pussies and huge nubs (laughs) did i cut up yeah, I said, I said, I'll repeat it. No, I got it. I got okay. it. <laughs> you got it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. uh, and then you've got intersex people. Mm-hmm. You've got people um, that uh, are mutilated. You've got, for cultural reasons, uh, the, I just named like four like different like ways genitalia can um, differentiate and those ways actually lead to more differentiations so I just point that out because that is the devastation um, the legitimacy of malehood even for somebody who would want to dress up in drag it's an identifier and the idea of having it be not normal um, mm-hmm. is something that's really taught to AMAB people um, about their penises mm-hmm. when they're so diverse and our genitalia is diverse, you know? So that's just the tea I want. I really feel like there's a world in which that song can be like, that can be like a song. I mean, at least the chorus can be like a celebration of metoidioplasty, like absolutely. Mm. That's 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 how I choose it. I'm like, you know yeah. what? <laughs> it's a happy inch. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's an angry inch. But we don't right. want to say we don't want people to misconstrue that like phalloplasty, like you can absolutely have like a a very real looking, you know, dick or whatever, but in terms, of, in terms of size, yeah. It can be expand or whatever. Um, we do have to move on to our game now. Uh, I have prepared, of course, the pop quiz today because we have a super fan of the film. This is one of your top 10, so we're going to test that. Uh-oh. I am about <laughs> to drill you with 10 rapid okay. fire questions. Felix, are you ready? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Let's and also, it. this is lyrics based. This is a special oh, okay. lyrics based pop quiz. So okay. that might that might be better. <laughs> I will have to say I didn't. I tricked myself with some of these answers. So here we go. Question number one. According to Hedwig, what ain't the spot? Junction City. Correct. Number two. Who fell asleep on the watch, resulting in Hedwig's Barbie oh. doll crotch? Um, my guardian angel. Correct. Number three, who cut the dinosaurs into lizards? Oh. Someone who had the power of Thor? No. Someone with the power of uh, thunder, right? Really powerful god. Some would say the most. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the Supreme Court? TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Definitely not. Um, I don't know. Was it Osiris? It's Zeus. <laughs> All right, one wrong. Here we go. Maybe can redeem number four. As the as the lyrics of "Tear Me Down" remind us, when does the Berlin Wall go up? Oh no! <laughs> oh. taught you this. In the song. I literally lived in Berlin for a year. <laughs> I do not know that. Okay, listen. I did not pay attention in history class. It was really boring, and they made me write essays. Okay, sure, I'm too sure. Sure, uh, that's an, another way to say I don't know. And it's August 13th, 1961. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Question number five. Hedwig, <laughs> Hedwig sings, there ain't much different between a what and a wall. Brick and a wall. It's a bridge. A bridge right? and a wall? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a brick. <laughs> I was like, and now we've unearthed the say. fact that you've been... We were like, it's true. Some would say bricks make a wall. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh my god, this, this is amazing. Okay, number six. What brand of blue jeans does Hedwig want her sugar daddy to bring? Levi's? No, she wants Versace. <laughs> No, that makes more sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you really believe I don't know. I guess that's in wig in a box. Um, okay. Number seven. When Hedwig puts on the wig, they are Farrah Fawcett from what? I mean, I would. Uh, I would. In the lyrics. Charlie in Eagle. the lyrics. In the <laughs> lyrics. Though, what do the lyrics say? This is one of my favorite lyrics. Why can't I remember any of the lyrics right now? I'm Farrah Fawcett from. TV. <laughs> Just from TV. TV. You suck. <laughs> Felix now hates me. We're just checking in on that. TV. <laughs> Give me a break. Okay. <laughs> I'm rooting for you, bud. We were all rooting for you. Number eight. The children. Of... These are easy. I hope these are softballs. And now, now I might queue up for more disappointments. <laughs> Number eight. The children of the sun were like what? You froze for it. Yeah, you're still thinking. I'm still thinking. <laughs> um, my head's like, and the children of the sun and the moon and the, and the earth. Yes. And some Indian god. And that's where my brain went. And I'm like, right. But oh. what what are they like? The children of the sun. Oh, like a fork on a spoon. Two men glued up back to back. All right. Oh, okay. So then what are the children of the earth? Number nine. Oh. So then were they like two women? Yes, they're like two girls, rolled up in one. Rolled up in one, yeah. Yes, and then the children of the moon. Let's bring it home, oh, number oh. 10. The children of the moon were like a fork run on a spoon, right? They're a they fork part shoved sun. on a spoon, you're right. Fork part sun, part earth, earth, part water, part sun? Yeah, so I think that you're right that, that the song stipulates that sun equals fork and men. Or <laughs> women are a spoon, <laughs> spoon and women, earth. And then, yeah, children of the moon are forks shoved on a spoon. Part sun, part earth, part daughter, part sun. That's it. <laughs> I said water. God, am I just being... Okay, let's not even. <laughs> you know, that is not the biggest biff that we've ever had on the pod. So pew, 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 let's weigh in. Is Felix an expert or did he biff our quiz? <laughs> <laughs> 
Please welcome Tommy No Fit. Breakout single. Oh, you might want to a bid on this one tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because we are talking to Phil Collins. Collins. <laughs> but then again, aren't we all? Aren't we all? And cloudy skies. You're running up and down that hill. You're turning on and off that will. There's nothing here to thrill or bring you down. And if you've got no other choice. No, you can follow my voice Through the dark turns and noise Of this wicked little town <laughs> Typically would be a yitzhak <laughs> Yeah, we need a yitzhak I know Beautiful. <laughs> the fates are vicious and the cruel. You learn to hate, you used to wish as like a fool. And then you're someone you are not. Conjunction City ain't the spot Remember Mrs. Lott And when she turned around And if you've got no other choice You know you can follow my voice Through the dark turns and noise of this Wicked little town This version was shorter, and I was like so surprised. But we, I was we like, "Where's it. Lady? Where's Lady Locke?" Yeah, <laughs> I know. All right, but we're fine. I love getting her money. She's oh my god, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. We just need those Korean women, and then we'll be fine. What's the best? <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you for doing that with me, Felix. Uh, it's a wonderful way. <laughs> to open our awards show, always with a bang, always with a song. Um, not always, actually. It's This is the third one we've done. That's just a straight-up lie. Anyway, it's our Gender Icon Award. Um, it's, you know, a, an award that we give to anyone who's iconic in their gender. Ping, do you iconically in gender? Gender, gender, gender. It doesn't really matter. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, you can go first, but I already know who I want. And if you pick who I want, I'll be really sad. 
go first then. Can you go first. I do not want to do that to you. Please. Not after not after a question gate. T Farafossa on TV gate. Um Z-way. <laughs> Okay, so the award for Felix Max Gender of the film award goes to Yitzhak, obviously, oh for expressing the so many multitudes of gender within like a film that's what, like an hour and a half long? Totally. Iconic. Iconic. Yeah, I agree completely. <laughs> You're right. I mean, gender is not so much a road as it is, you know, just a, a giant park to play with, you know? So yeah. I think um, I think that the movie itself has been, as I said, you know, criticized for what's the what's what's the trajectory um but for us you know gender expansion can be so iconic just the people we know at a at a trans mask mixer you know the definition um of trans mask can be really wide so yeah uh, i agree with that completely i'm gonna go with hedwig for the yeah. for, for the point of um i think maybe you'll appreciate this a trans person crossing uh, oceans, crossing country lines, everything mm-hmm. about that part of the story is a complication that I didn't have. Of course, I had to go to the social security office and everything and do, uh, you know, the song and dance, but it pales in comparison <laughs> to what this person went yeah. through. Um, and I, but I identify with the point of opportunity that she saw in different things. So. I think it's uh oh let's, let's just stop share. Um, so I think it's probably like you know, it makes sense um to me that that there's these two people at the at the front of this band um that mm-hmm. are attracted to each other at one point that we kind of don't see probably, and then and definitely attracted to each other performing wise, performance you know um and then have to kind of be apart to to let each other be iconic so it makes sense to me that we both pick those (laughs) yeah and they kind of cross each other like ships in the night you know like Mm. they I mean but ships that are like fucking for a while I don't know like (laughs) you know like okay my metaphor really randy barges (laughs) (laughs) yeah like they 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 go from one point to the other and they cross each other in this film and like that's really interesting as well like they're that's cool yeah, and it's definitely uh, it's not binary, even though it sounds that sounds binary. Like they're 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 crossing and they can't ever meet. the The trajectory of both of them is just unique to what's actually happening in their individual lives, based on emotions that had to do with partners, art, things like that. Not exactly gender um, centric thought, like everyone thinks that we have. You know, when you wake up in the morning, no, you say, "Fully frozen." Oh. <laughs> And you're fro- you froze too. Oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, we we're back. Um, but yeah, you don't we don't wake up in the morning as trans people and go like I'm trans. You know, it's probably like my fifth or sixth thought. So uh, 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, that wraps up our discussion, um, uh, our show, our episode about Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And I want to say thank you so much, Felix. You know, it's uh, we haven't known each other very long, but the fact that I could joke about uh, my birth name of Shivern, um speaks to a comfort level that I have with you. So I really appreciate you. And I'm glad I'm glad that you're over on this side of the, the pond now and, and being a creative here in L.A. Yeah, excited, excited to, to meet you this year and like just dig deeper into the community that's building over here. It's really nice. So yeah, it's really exciting. And I'm super excited to hear about all the stuff you have going on, like Thank you very much. Million pots that you're constantly stirring. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on with me? Yeah, the, that's the tea. I mean, I think, uh, I think the uh, last, I think this will be a couple of episodes uh, away from like a little, literally it'll come out weeks before we're shooting Spookable starring Alexandra Gray, executive produced by Zachary Drucker. So that's something that um, I want everybody to watch out for and we'll have more more news through the pod. And hopefully, I mean, hey, maybe we could even have some people from uh, from that crew and that film, Alexandra Gray, you know, um, speaking into existence um, on the pod to really talk about reflexively about their relationship with cinema. Uh, what I always Absolutely. love to do is have people like you, people like, um, you know, me, directors, uh, everybody that we know at that trans mask mixer is trying to put out art in a space that doesn't actually exist anymore. So these conversations to me about like what influenced that, absolutely fascinating. So um, yeah, stay tuned and uh, thank you all so much for listening. And this is coming on the new, new year. So happy 2023, y'all. We are out. You're the best guest. Um, <laughs> best guest. <laughs>